0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 5. So I invite you to listen carefully and listen well, for this too is the word of the Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. You want to say that with me? Hmm. The Apostles said to to the the Lord, Lord, increase our our faith. faith. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning, on this Sunday morning, on this first day of the week, the, the day that you rose from the grave. Conquering death and extending everlasting life now to all those who believe, to all those who have faith and place their faith in you. We come to you this morning with the same prayer on our lips that the apostles spoke even to your earthly ears. Increase our faith. Would you do that now? That we might be changed in our very being, we might come to participate in your very life that we might share together in the glories of your love we pray this in christ's name amen Amen. can anybody guess the theme this morning i I telegraphed that one didn't i you know (laughs) You can't accuse me of burying the lead. You know, when, when, when they write newspaper articles, the lead is like the first two sentences or something. Well, I didn't bury that. It's right there at the beginning. Increase our faith. We're talking about faith today. What else might we talk about in church on a Sunday morning? Increase our faith. Have you ever, maybe not in those exact words, maybe in those exact words, have you ever asked God to increase your faith? To grow your faith? You know, sometimes those moments come... Um, in seasons of great anticipation, great personal growth, uh, sort of an awakening of of God's presence and activity in your life. Uh, Maybe something really wonderful has happened, and you're recognizing that God has something to do with you, and that God is inviting you further. Uh, Maybe you prayed this prayer at that point in time. Lord, increase my faith. Give me more. Help me know you more fully. But you know, often a prayer like this is one that is prayed during times of great struggle, great difficulty, great hardship. Lord, increase my faith. That in context, the apostles had just learned that temptations were always going to be coming to them. And then they said, Lord, increase our faith. Maybe that's the kind of moment where you have prayed this prayer. Or ask God to help you in some way that, I mean. This is a pretty concise little phrase, but maybe you have looked towards God in a way. You are asking Him to grow your trust, to grow your life, to grow your belief, to grow your faith towards God. Um, But that word increase is an important one, isn't it? In that sentence, increase our faith. There's, There's a capacity for growth that's available here. And so this morning, I want to talk about kind of three steps or three stages, and again, these aren't exhaustive. i d- I don't want you to think that this is sort of the be all and end all of how your faith might grow and increase. It's a large a large category, a large topic. But I think these three ways might be um, helpful to you because as I, as as we're exploring this this morning, I want you to be thinking, where am I in these descriptions of faith? And how might I continue to grow? maybe in each one of them, maybe, Maybe you're in stage one and you really need to continue to grow into stage one, but maybe you just need to take that step from two to three. I don't know what it is, but I, I want you to be sort of actively listening this morning and trying to locate yourself uh, in this, somewhere in this um, exploration of faith. Uh, a lot of this, uh, frankly, comes from C.S. Lewis and, and some of his comments on what faith looks like. So, stage one. If we're going to increase our faith, uh, stage one begins with some measure of encounter. You know, faith comes to us uh, from outside of us. It's not something we just knuckle up and decide, I'm I'm going to have faith now. Faith comes in response, in response to God. Uh, In some measure, if you are a person of Christian faith, God has come to you from outside of you and invited relationships. Now maybe that happened at um, a, a Billy Graham crusade, and you got, you know, you were drugged there, and you sat down, and you listened, and then you discovered that God was making an invitation to you, and you can look at the moment, and the time, and the day, and you knew exactly when you made that turn, made that shift into a life of faith. You placed your trust in Jesus Christ and His work for you, and His life, death, uh, resurrection, and ascension. Is giving of the Spirit to you, which was sealed upon you in baptism and so on. Maybe you were like me. Uh, we had a discussion in Sunday school class this morning. How, um, you know, there, there's some little little babies uh, in the church now. And we got to mention that at the 9 o'clock service because there were two little kids, um, two infants with us. And so, you know, maybe th- they are in the unique position, in the, in the blessed position of being raised in the faith. Their encounters with God are happening as soon as they're conscious of them, and actually before they're conscious of them. And that was sort of my experience. I grew up in the church, and so I was experiencing God as God met me in my family, as God met me in my church family, and I was, as, I was, as I was raised up in, in the <laughs> life of faith. But it happened. That's, that's how that encounter happened for me, sort of gradually, slowly, you know, And that began to take off as I got older and was more aware and could learn and understand better. Um, Maybe this has happened for you, this initial encounter that turned you into a, a person of faith like the Apostle Paul. You know, Paul was going north to, you know, persecute some folks. And God stopped him in his tracks completely, upended his life, turned him upside down. Struck him blind. Showed him that he really didn't see God as he thought he did. Sent him to a Christian at a town ahead at a street called Straight. And this man prayed for him and he was healed. And this is the beginning of Paul's life of faith. Maybe your encounter was something like Paul's. So I don't know if it was gradual or if it was almost instantaneous or something in between. Some combination of the two. But faith has begun as God has come to you from outside of you. And invited you into a relationship. That's how it starts. And typically the first stage of faith. So here we're beginning in that first category. Is one of coming to learn. And so far as you're able. The content of Christian faith. So what does it mean to be a Christian? The, The faith isn't general. It's not a feeling there is actual content to it. There is such a thing as Christian teaching that flows out of what Jesus came and taught us and the ways that He instruct us and the ways that that's been uh, carried and, and brought to us through the Bible and the ways that that has been carried and instructed uh, by the church. There's actually a lot to be learned about what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be in relationship with this God who has met me in Jesus Christ? So this first stage is like, Oh, there's a whole lot out there that I need to learn. So I made this interactive earlier. I'm going to do it again this morning. I'll, I want you to, I mean, this is sort of like popcorn, you know, just pop up with an answer. It doesn't have to be the best answer in the world, but, but give me just a few things. If you were talking about Christian faith, what are some kind of things that you would definitely want to be in that conversation? What's some of the content of Christian faith that is important to how we live and relate to God? What's some pieces? Freedom. So, prayer, freedom, love, and love for one another in particular. What else? Trust. Trust? Mm-hmm. Another way of describing faith, isn't it? Yeah. What else? Joy. joy. Yeah. We sang about that, first hymn. Come with joy to meet my Lord, forgiven, loved, and freed. Obedience. Obedience. Yes. Fulfillment. The act of communion. Fulfillment. Communion witnessing. Right. I'm going to cut you all off. That was really good. They're a little hesitant this morning, but you guys are on it. Uh, Yeah. So obviously there are a lot of categories. Uh, There are a lot of areas that touch our Christian faith and what it means to be in relationship with God and each other. Um, These are big and important things. Now, those were just a bit scattered because I I sprang the, the question on you. But if we're thinking about the content of Christian faith, um, there's this thing called the Apostles' Creed that we say on occasion. And within that creed, within that confession, there are a, 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 there's a very good list of things that Christians believe that have been affirmed by folks from all times, all places, back through the centuries. This, con- this confession, this profession of faith uh, has been there. And has been spoken in worship. When people say, what do you believe? Well, what, do I, what is the content of my faith? Is what that's asking. What, what do I believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Right, so God the Father? Uh, God is the creator of all that is. Okay, that's beginning to shape my understanding of reality. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, so there's the Son, there's the Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary, so this one who comes from God and is God is also human and has been joined to our humanity. There's the incarnation, the dual natures of Christ. Um, It's conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, descended into Hades, the place of the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again. To judge the quick, the living, and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. Believe in the Holy Ghost, Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, that's us, the church together, those who are on earth, but also those who are now the church triumphant in heaven, For the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. There's a good summary of what we believe. Now, if we were to take that clause by clause, which most of you, I would say, have probably memorized for the most part just by way of saying it in church. If we were to take that clause by clause, could you explain to me what each of those means? If we sat down together and I asked you about the content of your faith, what Christians profess, could could you walk through that and biblically begin to 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 engage with me in conversation about what does this mean? Could you explain it to someone who's not a Christian? So this first kind of stage is like beginning to understand, okay, when I meet Christ, when I'm drawn into God's life, I'm invited into a really big world that's full of meaning. And I need to begin to understand that meaning. Think of it like going to a new job. Something you've never done before. For some reason, the folks like you because all of, well, I know why. All of you are wonderful in this room. And so they hire you and they say, we'd love for you to work with us. And you're going to be a mechanic. Now, some of you know a bit about being a mechanic. But others of you would say, I got a lot to learn. There's a whole world before me of complexity and like, I need to understand what to do so that when things come my way, I know how to respond in a, in, in a way that, um, uh, that brings, well, we're not healing cars, but in terms of our own lives, that brings healing, right? That brings transformation. That brings um, uh, cohesiveness between what God is doing and what my life is about. So you become a Christian. you got a lot to learn. In fact that process, this stage one will never end because you are learning more and more. Gregory of Nyssa said this in about four, 400. He said, you're learning about a God who is infinite. So there will never be a time throughout all eternity, this is what, this is what makes heaven not boring, right? You will never stop growing in relationship with God who is always bigger than you, always, uh, there's always more content to God than you can particularly grasp. There's always more of God's love to receive. There's infinite growth for you in your relationship with God. That's the first stage. Now, I don't know where you are in terms of your understanding of the content of your faith. This faith that has been given to you by God and to, into which you are now drawn. You don't just get to make it up on your own, and I, do, I certainly don't. But you were invited in, and now you become a disciple. Do you know what this word disciple means? It means learner. To be a disciple means to be a learner from Christ. So that's stage one. Maybe you can look at yourself today and say, you know, I am where I am. That's exactly where God knows I am. I think I could maybe learn a little more. Maybe maybe I need to... Open up my Bible. Maybe I need to have a conversation with Michael and say, Let's, hey, uh, could, could you give me a starting point? Here's a question I have. Here's something I'd like to understand better. Um, I w- those are my favorite times of the week when people do that. Sometimes folks just call me and say, hey, help me with this. I don't have all the answers, but I can call other people and ask. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's that process of growth. But you know something? There's more to Christian faith than your head, than your mind, than just knowing an answer to a question, or just knowing the right thing to say, or just knowing how how to articulate the creed, if it never goes beyond your mind, into your heart, into your life. So here's that second stage. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Yeah, you're always going to be learning more about who God is, but that is always for the sake of integrating it into your life. You know, more than a a bullet point list of facts about God, the Apostles' Creed, which we just recited, tells a story. Have you noticed that? It's really, it's a story. God created, the Son entered into the world, redeemed it, sends the Spirit, gathers the church, and promises to come again and set things right it's beginning to tell the story of reality as you learn more about who god is there will come a point where you begin to say this is not just about getting facts straight in my head or knowing the right answer this is actually about my real life this is about monday morning." This is about how I live with other people. This is about how I work as an employee. This is about how I spend my free time. This is about how I interact with my friends at school. The Christian faith isn't just facts. It's about a way of life into which we are drawn. And as that recognition comes upon you, it begins to open up this whole new world to you. You begin to see things in a new way. You begin to experience your life in relationship more powerfully i mean we've been praying that prayer um oh heavenly king comforter spirit of truth who art everywhere present and fills all things treasure of goodness and giver of life come and abide in us cleanse us from every stain save our souls oh good one we've been trying to open our eyes to see that god is everywhere and fills all things have you forgotten that this week anybody forget that this week i did I forgot that this morning. I forgot that while I was preaching. Right? I mean, it it takes work, right, to, to begin to integrate what we know and believe about God into our actual life and living. And so that's that second stage where you begin to look at every single thing you do at every single moment and recognize that God is working in and through you for His glory, for your good, And that you have now the gift of participation in this big story that God is telling. Not on your own, but together as the church. So, stage one is maybe, oh, God has taken hold of me. I need to learn more. Stage two is, I need to not just learn more, but I need to live more. I need to live this out because this is about reality, not my faith, not Sunday morning not coming to church, not just, you know, Saturday night, oh yeah, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. Well, you know, what am I going to wear tomorrow? I better lay that out. It's not that. It's about every single moment and every single part of who you are. But then there's a third step. And as you continue your whole life long to learn more and more and more about God and wonder and glory in that Knowledge that we actually could know anything about God. As you continue to integrate your living into who God is and the story that's being told, you'll discover, I think, that you miss the mark sometimes. I mean, I just talked about that. Even in my sermon, I've forgotten. Right? You forget. You you turn away from God. You know, you know that God is everywhere and fills all things, and yet you don't live like that. You remember maybe a little more clearly when you when you gather as the church, but then you go to work and you find that you keep having these conversations with a few people about this other person, and you're like, I probably knowing what I know about God, I probably shouldn't be having that conversation. I should probably remove myself from that. In fact, I should I should really be going to the other person. I, One of the passages we read in Sunday school this morning was, you've heard it said you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say you you shall love your enemies and pray for them. I should probably go to that person I don't like, in fact, and try to make friends, try to serve them in some way, as frustrating as that could be. You forget, I forget, we live in ways that are not in keeping with what we know about God in our minds and what we believe about God in our faith, And what we know to be true about ourselves because of who God is, but we keep messing up. Sometimes by accident. A lot of times on purpose. By the things we do, but also by the things that we don't do. Sins of commission and sins of omission. You should have gone to check on that person and you didn't. You should have forgiven but you held the grudge for 24 more hours. Sins of commission, sins of omission. Eventually, if you really, if you really try to work this out in your life, the faith that you've been given in Christ, you'll realize you can't do it. Or at least that you haven't. And this is the third stage of faith. When you stop looking so much at yourself and you realize you, all you can do is trust Jesus. All you can do is trust. All you can do is place your faith in Christ and not in your own efforts, not in the ways that you could get it better this time or work harder that time. It's not that you stop working. It's not that you stop learning. Those continue. But now the founding center of those things is Jesus and not yourself. Not your own knowledge, not your own work, not your own successes or failures. But now, because you failed enough, you realize all you can do is trust in Jesus. And when you do that, your your life begins to take on two characteristics. The first is praise, and the other is gratitude. Over and over again, you recognize that you have not, but that Christ has. This is the whole mystery of faith revealed in our baptism. That when you were baptized, you died with Christ. You were joined to Him in His death. And when you were brought back up out of the water, you joined Christ in His resurrection. Such that when He ascended, you ascended. When He went to heaven, you are now with Him in heaven. And the Scriptures say that our lives, your life, is now hidden with Christ in God. And that when He comes again, We don't know exactly what we will look like, but we shall be as He is. Yes, we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, but the other half of that is this wonderful and amazing truth that it is God at work in you to will and to work to His good pleasure and for your salvation. That's that third stage of faith where you knock yourself out and you can't get it right. But then you come to the end of yourself and you cast all of who you are upon Jesus Christ, your Lord. I don't know where you are and what step you need to take next. Whether you need to learn more. Well, probably that's true. All of us do. Whether you need to integrate more of what you know into your actual living and your day to day life and your relationships and your marriage, your family, your work and your play. All of us probably need to do that, too. But ultimately, I hope that all of us can come to that place where we do see such an increase in our faith that we place it all in Him. We place it all in Jesus Christ. And we praise Him, and we respond in thanksgiving. That's how we work. That's how we learn. Out of a posture of gratitude for all that He has done so that now we can share with Him. The Apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Maybe you'd like to say that to the Lord today as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.